The Wizards lose another game in D.C., 123-108 to to the Utah Jazz. So we're going to do a quick recap of the Jazz loss, and then we're going to get E's perspective on today's big news, man, the firing of Coach Weston Sell Jr. and his transition, that is, to the front office. So rock with us tonight because we're going to talk about a lot tonight next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. And we definitely appreciate you guys showing up tonight, man. It's a very exciting day. Well, I don't know to say exciting, but it's definitely a, a big news day. So we're going to definitely recap the Wizards' loss against the Utah Jazz real quick. And then we're going to get into the hot topic, which is Coach West Sunsell Jr. was fired and transitioned to the front office in an advisory role today. So we're definitely going to get E's perspective on that and get in the comments at the end like we always do. So let's slide into it, E. Washington Wizards drop. The 123-108 to the Utah Jazz at home. And, I mean, looking at the team stats real quick, um, <laughs> different games, same script, rebounding was an issue. So um, if you could try, I guess, um, if you could pinpoint what area might have been lost, or was this just a total team loss in your opinion, E? Uh, a combination of all of it. Uh, unfortunately, you know, this is Brian Keith's first night, so but it did look like the same thing that we've been seeing the past couple of years. Under West Huntsville Jr., you you gotta you gotta remember that it's still the same roster, and the roster is just not good enough. It's definitely a pop, bottom three roster in the league, or bottom five roster in the league for sure. We know what the goal is to get the best draft pick in the uh, in the draft coming up. But uh, yeah, it was some of the same things like Kelly Olynyk hitting a step back three, them letting Laurie Markin hit six threes, them getting dominated by John Collins, Markin and Kessler, uh, um, Kelly Olynyk. All of their bigs had a field day today. And they dominated. You look at the rebounds. They out-rebounded the Wizards 52 to 35. Um, also, uh, points in the paint, they had 72. The Wizards had 66 as well, but 72 points given up in the paint is definitely inexcusable. And the yeah. Wizards gave 123 points. As well, the uh, Jazz shot 51% from the field, too. Like, Colin Sexton, there were a couple times where he went to the basket twice on Jordan Poole and just strong-armed Jordan Poole, and he did an and one and flexed on him as well. So it wasn't just the bigs. Yeah, getting pushed around and, and and Bagley tried. Bagley had what you know, thirteen points tonight. Gafford actually had. I'm not, I'm not gonna say actually had a good game, but I thought Gafford played hard. <laughs> Excuse me, tonight he had one of his better games. He had uh, thirteen points, nine boards, almost had a double double. Uh, I want to say he had a couple blocks out there. He had four blocks, so I thought he played hard against uh, Markinen and Kessler and uh, all of their bigs. But you could just see like. They have so many big men like Collins. All yeah. those guys can move. They can shoot the three. They can shoot the mid-range. All those guys are just super talented. They uh the the Jazz, they're more of a playing team, but they still have a lot of talent. Keontae George is a good young guard. Oh, Chris yeah. Dunn, yeah, a former uh, Capital City go-go guard as well. He's just a really good defender and a good passer. So uh they have a really good, <clears throat> really talented team, and uh they have a lot of good, they have good chemistry too. They played zone. A lot on the Wizards. The Wizards, I thought they, I'm not going to say they struggle with it, but it took them a little time to adjust to the zone. Kuz had a couple open looks. He missed them in the middle of the court. And um, this is one of Kuz's better games, 26 points, where he actually looked focused coming out. They had a good start coming out. We had a lead coming out. 
Yeah. Um, but that went away pretty darn quickly. And then um, Denny showed some flashes here and there. Tyus Jones had 14 assists. So I thought he had a solid game um, distributing the basketball. And then uh, Bagley had a, had a solid, <laughs> excuse me, solid game scoring the ball. Kisper had a solid game taking the ball to the taking the basketball to the basket and scoring. And uh, Bilal is kind of going through. I'm not going to say a slump or a rookie wall, rookie wall right now, but two points from him tonight. Um, 29 minutes, 0 for 5. So just didn't shoot the ball well. Yeah. He had a couple good looks. They just didn't fall. So, uh, but like I said, I'm not going to say he's going through a rookie wall, but, you know, rookies go through their ups and downs right now. And he's not shooting the ball well right now. But, you know, even if the, even if they're not falling, he's got to keep taking them. He's got to yeah. keep taking them. Um, you know, that's the only way he's going to get better and develop is by taking those shots and getting as, as much playing time as he can get. So 29 minutes is good for him. I'm happy that he got those minutes, but definitely want to see him be aggressive and uh, taking those shots for sure. So, yeah, just – they just got dominated in the paint, man. Simple as that. Se- even Sexton getting to the bat basket, yeah. Clarks and all those guys. Just simply put, they got, they kind of got, they kind of got dominated in, in, in the paint for sure. Yeah, I mean, like we said, man. Um, <laughs> different game scene script. I mean, our inability to guard the interior, man, and the perimeter. I mean, I mean, looking at their team stats, um, I pull up real quick. I mean, they shot forty nine or forty one point nine percent from three, as opposed to our twenty three percent. So we struggled for three. They shot at a high clip. Um, looking at rebounds again, our rebound of 57 to 42, including 13 offensive rebounds to their five. Um, assists uh, a little closer, but their ball movement, you can definitely, like you said, E, you definitely see it, their chemistry is a lot more in tune than ours. Um, looking at points in the paint, 72 to 66. But what really got us was second chance points as usual, man. Those offensive rebounds extend possessions, and that's what gets those second chance points have been. A stickler for us this year, man. And and really, yeah, rebound has been an issue. And then there's some games where we're kind of a little even with rebound, but we are terrible for giving up offensive rebounds and letting other teams extend possessions. And it always kills us, man. Second chance points kills us. So looking at individually, now we did, I believe we had six guys in the double figure. So we fought, man. But ultimately, it's just one of those games, like you said, he, there's a talent gap. I mean, their guys, man, Kessler, that's a big dude, man. Like, that's a corn fed cat, man. Like, that's a big dude, man. Um, Jordan Clarkson was very agile tonight. So, um, so looking at them real quick, I mean, 29 points by marketing, man. So marketing was, I mean, shooting six for 12 from three. So marketing killed us on the perimeter, man. Atlantic, you know, the big men and their three-point capabilities would got us, man. It wasn't so much their guards, it was the big men that were cooking us on the perimeter. Because, like I said, six for 12 from marketing. Um, Sexton, you know, 11 points, but you know, his ability to get in the lane is just, I don't understand that, man. You know, you, we've got to shut that lane down, man. I mean, between Bagley and Gafford, they got to shut this lane down. Uh, so switching over to the Wiz, like I said, we had six guys in double figures looking at Coos. Good night from Coos. Uh, definitely a high volume night, but a good night, except for one fade from three, but 12 for 24 overall. So 50% from the field, 26 points, six rebounds, five assists. So Kuzma had a decent game. Now five turnovers. We want to shore that up, but you know, he, uh, Kuzma had a really good game. Uh, looking at Denny, uh, 13 points, but six rebounds, five assists, shooting five for nine for the field. Uh, he had that one breakaway dunk. So I like what I see from Denny as far as him attacking the basket, man. You see a lot more aggression with him attacking the basket. That's what you want to see. Next step is working on a more consistent jump shot, but I like the leaps and bounds he has taken offensively. Just want to see a little more consistency. Uh, Jordan played 18 points, shooting. Six for 12. Um, he had his moments, but uh, I guess expectation wise, it's still not a showing we want to see from Jordan Poole. We thought he was going to be a 20 plus, and I still think he could be a 20 plus, so I definitely want to see him 
shorted up, but not a bad game. Again, Ty is 14 assists. I mean, I was Ty is man. I mean, he continues to show why he's that floor general. His assist numbers is what I expected to see um coming into I'm not saying I expected 14, but I definitely wanted to see him definitely boost his assist numbers up this year with him getting a full-time gig as a starting point guard. Um, looking at Gaff, 13 points, nine rebounds, six for seven, four blocks, active, but I mean, oh man, and I hate to say this because I am a Gaff fan, man, but he tends to sometimes put up empty stats. Like, you know, on one hand, you look at the stat line, it's like, okay, gotcha, nine rebounds, 13 points, four blocks. But then again, you know, Colin Sexton and the majority of the Jazz were able to just go into the paint at will, man. And it only took one or two moves and the layups up. And yeah, it's not just Gaff. I think that interior defense is a team wide issue, not just Gaff. Uh, Bagley. When his finest moment is as far as defense. Um, and talk about Bagley. Let's get into the second unit real quick. Now, Bagley in 16 minutes did have 14 points to re- rebounds, shooting four for five from the field, uh, six for nine free throws. So we definitely needed him to yeah, better than missing all five, but we definitely want him to make those three free throws, man. Definitely get better free throws, definitely in clutch moments. But on the bench, outside of eight points from Kispert, that was about it. I mean, Shannon, two points, uh, only 10 minutes played. And Bilal, 0 for five from the field, 0 for two from three. But I'm not ready to hit any kind of panic button he's very raw and i think that with him not being like we thought he we knew going into the season he's gonna be very raw offensively now defensively he's a dog but offensively he's he's very very raw and you guys you know i mean you people gotta remember that he is just, he's got a lot to work on offensively but he's not working at zero he's definitely you see somebody who's definitely trying to work on offense so you're gonna see a lot of showings you're gonna see a lack of consistency because he's a very young guy he's a rookie he's still trying to acclimate to the speed of the nba so I, i'm not ready to panic yeah i think that as time goes on in the rebuilding his time in dc he's definitely going to become a more polished player offensively so i mean overall he, uh, yeah it's just a total team loss i mean there's a lot going on with the organization trade deadlines coming up west sl jr just got fired i mean you got to hope you know brian keith is interim coach there's a lot going on so i'm not going to say that's the reason they lost to the jazz but you know there's a lot going on in this organization so you Let's get to the deadline because there's a you know lot going on in the heads, man. So yeah, West West didn't get fired. He got transitioned. No, I'm just joking. Look, man, <laughs> call it what you want, man. <laughs> but he is no longer the coach. So yeah. I mean, demotion, promotion. Right. I don't know. They, they only tap- gave him that because because you know what his last name. Yeah, so <laughs> we're not gonna get into that, man. But you know what it, it is, what it is, man. I mean, he, he got it. You know, when you got it, you got it. So. Um, so we're going to transition into West Sale Jr. and that news because we get to hear E about it, man. So we're definitely going to get E's perspective on the big news of the day. Coach West Sale Jr. being fired, promoted, whatever you want to call it. So before we do, tonight's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. So our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fancy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fancy picks each week. All season long, whether you're prepping for daily draft or scouting the waiver like myself, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked for us on this week. eBay Motors, guarantee fit, fantasy picks of the week. So there are five good players, Excuse me, but I'm going to choose one that I think you should definitely emphasize. So uh, you got Gigi Jackson of Memphis, Mason Plumley, Aaron Nismith, Jabari Walker, and Marvin Bagley III. So with Daniel Gafford coming back, so I'm, you know, I'm going, I'm rolling with Bagley. Um, so with Daniel Gafford coming back from concussion protocol, Bagley has a shot in nice minutes, second unit, and maybe start depending on the matchup. But if you're looking for a boost for rebounds, definitely for rebounds and some points, especially interior points, 
points for your center position, I would definitely take a look at Marvin Bagley because my team right now, one or one of them, they are hurting with points from centers, man. So if you had at the center position, if you're looking for a boost in points and rebounds, I would definitely take a look at Marvin Bagley. Throw. And you can kind of say the same to Jabari Walker real quick. Because if you're looking for a bit of a flyer, Walker started next to Jeremy Grant Wednesday and has a shot at a big late season value as well. So um, there's a couple names to look at if you're looking for points and rebounds from the forward and center position. But Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle, right? Because with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it for your baby. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're just burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible on items only, exclusions apply. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you, 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with electrical experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national show sports 24-7 streaming channel. So let's get into it. We're going to get your perspective, E. Um, Coach Wes Unsell Jr. was, I'm not going to say fired, but he was relieved of his coaching duties and is making the transition to the front office. So we're gonna I'm gonna read a few quotes coming from the front office, and um, because obviously the transition. So this comes from Will Dawkins, and he says, uh, about the um the firing or the transition. We know our energy wasn't always there, we know our competitiveness was not always there. Defensively, there were nights that were unacceptable. We think that a fresh voice right here, right now, is what we need. And then we're gonna look at um Michael Winger said. We came to the realization that the fellas needed to hear a new voice, and that was irrespective of the timing of the coaching change. So, E, hearing those comments, knowing the transition to the front office, I mean, we, you, <laughs> you know, what do you what do you get out of these comments? Yeah, the comments. I mean, <clears throat> typically, like when you say stuff like that, that's something that you don't. That's not something that you say when you keep somebody within your your organization or within the front office, and. It, that they needed a new voice, that they weren't competitive enough, enough, or that the defense was unacceptable. So when you say things like that, I don't see why you keep somebody within the organization, or, or you know, yeah, with basically within the organization or within the front office. But you know, they're being nice. You know, they're being respectful to uh, Wes Unsell Jr. Senior. I mean, I'm sorry, so they're being respectful to Wes Unsell Senior and also to Wes Unsell Jr. Keeping him in yeah. the front office. Not sure the role yet. I think they did put it out. I'm not sure what role he has in the front office, but um, yeah, those comments were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. There were real comments about how they felt about Wes, and um, it was time to move on. Now they never should have gave him the extension. They never should have did that. Yeah. And we talked about how Wes Unsell Jr. was a lame duck coach. When you have a new front office, a new GM, let the GM pick their coach. Let them come in and pick their coach. Don't just don't don't have them stay with the previous coach that was there before. And that's usually a recipe for a situation like this. You know, Wes isn't the guy they wanted. And they they hired Brian Keith. They hired David Vanderpool in the offseason because they were ready for this. They were ready for this to happen. Yeah. So when they move on from West, they get to try Brian Keith and just see how he does. If he does a good job, you know, for the rest of the season, maybe they promote him to the head coach. But they did say there there is – Woj did say there's going to be an extensive search. Yeah in the off season. So 
I'm excited to see who they look at. Um, you know, you brought up Budenholzer uh, earlier today. I mean, that's a guy that they can certainly take a little bit look at. There's a lot of good coaches that are out there for sure. So they definitely need to do their due diligence. And um, they have a good opportunity to make the right decision, to make a good decision of bringing a, a good head coach. But, yeah, this is something that needed to happen. Like I said, this should have happened in the offseason. You look at West's tenure, man. He was brought in here to be a defensive-minded head coach. He was nowhere near that with the Wizards. Um, I think he was better suited as an assistant coach. You know, you think about the, his voice and just his emotions, his demeanor, and just the way, you know, he kind of carries himself and talks to yeah. players. You watch him on the sideline and everything. And, you know, I hate to say that he's not a leader of men, but I just never got that from him. And, you know, you look at the his rookie year as a head coach, his rookie head coach year, you know, when they had Montrez Harrell, couldn't really couldn't really contain emotions in the locker room. It was like yeah. kind of like the players running the locker room, the prisoners running the asylum, KCP. You brought up earlier today, KCP and, and Harrell getting in a fight. De, uh, Denny and Bertans, and yeah. um, nobody getting along with Dinwiddie. You know, I don't like Dinwiddie either. Dinwiddie's terrible, but I get <laughs> it. I, you know, but still, you know. And then the thirty-five point Clippers loss. I mean, there's so many historical games that West has been on the wrong side of the thirty-five point yeah. lead that we gave up to the Clippers, um, giving up a hundred points in a paint to the Nuggets, losing by forty-two points at home to the Nets. That was the worst. That was the largest home defeat in franchise history. That was the game where Gaffer got dropped by Kevin Durant. Um, two games in a row against the Nets and the Blazers, we gave up 20-plus point leads. Um, just having Bradley Bill dribble the ball off his foot every time in the clutch. Having Kuzma shoot the shots that he takes in the clutch. So just not a lot of uh, – I feel like there just wasn't a lot of accountability help from West Elmsford Jr. Yeah. And um, you could just see late-game situations. And just you look at the numbers, man, and just the defensive numbers. And all the 15 plus point leads that we've given up. Koo said it in the comments many times before. And um, yeah, I mean, he he just I think he's a he's a darn good assistant coach. And I think if he doesn't stay in the front office, then I do think it would be better suited for him to go back to the Nuggets and be their assistant coach uh there. But yeah, I mean, you look at his record 77 130, yeah, began the season seven and thirty-six, just the rotations. Uh, game adjustments at, ha- at halftime teams always came out and made adjustments and dominated us even yeah. when we had Porzingis like he was getting Porzingis the ball in the first half the second half was like why can't we get the ball to Porzingis Porzingis is cooking he's got 20-30 points so even back then when we had more talent with a solid three we couldn't even make the play-in and I, yeah. when we couldn't make the play-in with at least the solid three I, that, I think he should have been fired then this this year this roster we already knew we weren't going to win a lot of games so but we already made our minds up on Wes uh, going forward, and then the whole Blau thing, you know, just Blau not really progressing this year under yeah. West. I don't think they really like that. I think that was kind of one of the last straws there too. So they, I think they were ready to move on. They said they had they had talks about this kind of days before this happened. Yeah, and they were just being nice, and they promoted him to a front office position. But this is something that definitely, definitely needed to happen. Now, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Now I really didn't. <laughs> I thought they were going to wait into the off season and just let it happen then. But, yeah, I guess they had seen enough, and they said the competitiveness wasn't there, the defense wasn't there, yeah. the guys needed a different voice. That's huge, too, saying that they needed to hear from yeah. a different voice. That's yeah. what we talked about last – we've been talking about this. We talked about this last year, about the oh, whole yeah. voice thing. So even even Dawkins and Winger are saying it. So I, I'm just saying, like, I don't see the point of, of keeping him if you feel this way about him and all that if, in the press conference. But, um, but yeah, Wes, Wes is a smart guy. I'll say that he's a smart guy. Yeah. He takes he pays a lot of attention to detail. So, like I said, he's not a bad assistant coach, but as a head coach, some guys just aren't cut out to be it. 
And I, I just don't think he he was ever really tired to be a head coach. So I, I do wish him the best in the front office. And uh, we'll see how it goes for him in, in the rest of his uh, basketball career. Yeah, absolutely. I agree on all points. He great points, man. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, his link to his father, uh, his late father, um, with what he's done for the organization, being an MVP, uh, being a member of the only championship team, had a lot to do with him being retained with the organization. So I get it. You know, I just don't know about Pastor's year. Let's be real. I mean, mm-hmm. and this is my opinion, you know, loyalty, yeah, to a certain degree. But, you know, look, this is a performance-based industry. And look, the writing's been on the wall for a while. It has. I mean, let's be real. I mean, if even if we're just focused on this year, I mean, I, what, what did it was losing to the Spurs and the Pistons. And then your defense, there's, there's no passion, no heart. Your players aren't responding. He lost the locker room. He lost it last year. He lost it a year before. You got guys fighting in his rookie year as a as a head coach. Guys fighting in a tunnel, not even off, the, not even <laughs> completely off the court. I mean, and then this year, you know, you got Jordan Poole and his antics and his bad body language, not paying attention. I mean, here's the thing: you got to stem that man. You got to you got you got to put your foot down as a coach. And you know that's why we bring up names like Pat Riley and 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 Mike Budenholzer and and Thibodeau, man, because these are coaches that they hold a standard. You ain't getting away with those shenanigans with Thibodeau, man. And you're just not. We need somebody in D.C. who's going to hold people accountable who are going to say, hey, you need to listen when I'm talking. Hey, I'm, you need to run my plays. You know antics. Because if you're playing, if you're going to sit there trying to be Hollywood, you're going to be sent on the bench. You know, there needs to be accountability. I mean, the writing's been on the wall, man. Um, I'll say this. Really good guy. Really easy to like. Really down-to-earth guy. But this is a performance-based industry. And he did not do enough, man. You know, you've got to run the locker room. You know, look, the GM is in charge of personnel, the owner in charge of business and the CFO. As coach, you are in charge of motivating these guys to play. You are you're probably the one of the most direct influences on the product on the floor. And he just it wasn't they were not producing for him. The defense has been abysmal and you can work with that with a rebuilding team. But the biggest thing that got him uh, canned was two things. Number one, this is a new front office. No loyalty. No loyalty. I mean, look, they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they have a plan in place and if you're not if you're not part of that plan going forward you're not gonna be part of it and they, they definitely evaluate man that's why they came out with a report saying look everybody is a tradable asset outside of black <clears throat> they are evaluating they're good they're they're trying to build this thing man so i mean like i said i wish him well whether it's within the organization you know maybe he has a long-term fit you know they got john thompson third who's who's in, you know in the front office so they have people who are synonymous with either the washington wizards or really georgetown hoyas so they you know i have no problem with that but as coach you know we did the whole assistant coach thing trying to do hit coach kind of like the whole combo guard trying to be a starting point guard <clears throat> go out there and get a solidified coach go out there and get a guy you know we mentioned budenholzer and some people say that that might be not be likely but look people forget that budenholzer had a big impact on rebuilding the atlanta hawks so who knows, man? And plus, look, as we know in the DMV, money talks, man. I'm saying, you know, the commanders, I, I, I feel like every team in the DV gonna have a new coach in a couple of years, man. I mean, commanders, now the Wizards, man, we'll see with the Nats. But um, so it, it the writing was on the wall. So it is what it is. I wish him well. Definitely God bless, man. Um, it just didn't work out. But you know, hey, on to the next. Let's keep it moving. Look to the future. So um, looking forward, we're gonna get into comments like we always do, but before we do. My guy E is going to talk to us about Grammarly tonight. Yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by Grammarly. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology. You can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. 
And now Grammarly helps you do even more. With one click, you can easily you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with suggestions based on your context and goals. So you can improve productivity for you and your teams. When you're stuck with writing at work, Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines, and even tips. Big presentation coming up. Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. Need to draft an important email and don't know where to start? Grammarly has suggestions to jumpstart your writing. The best part is that it's free to use. Start being more productive at work. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. All right, so we're going to get into some comments here. Somebody brought up Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell was the guy that I wanted them to yeah, <laughs> here. hire original. originally. Um, I thought he would have, you know, fit better with Brad at the time, but they got Wes. And I, I was happy at the time when they brought Wes in because, you know, his resume with the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were win- they're winners. So, you know, he came from winning our organization. The defense was good with the Nuggets. You know, so I thought we were going to get a, a really, really good head coach in Wes. But, um, yeah, it, it clearly didn't work out from from year one. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it was time, man. It was time. It was time to move on from Wes. And um, you know they were they were nice and gave him a, a front office position, but we're gonna. This is funny right here. Dylan Count says, "Is it too late for the Wizards to turn their season around?" <laughs> Somebody named Brandon Scott says, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, I think that ship has sailed, man. <laughs> right, right. I think we are where we are right now. You know. <laughs> um, oh man! Right. Yeah. So Evermore. So this this is this is this is something too. He said, this is clearly a personal effort slash effort issue. It doesn't matter if you get rid, get a drill sergeant to yell at them to play defense. They won't try. Or they're physically out much in some positions. That is true, too. Yeah, just the yeah. roster isn't good. Gafford, um, he tries, but, you know, he gets, you know, out-muscled and pushed around sometimes out, well, not sometimes out there, but, you know, frequently. And uh, Bagley is trying. You know, there's only so much he can do. Yeah. And then Jordan Poole got pushed around by Colin Sexton, so – just overall as a team, I mean, from not just the bigs, but the guards too tonight. So, um, yeah, the Jazz, they they just dominated from start to finish. I mean, not from start to finish, but they dominated that second half, really. Um, Olenek, Collins, Markkinen, Kessler, all, all their bigs did whatever they felt like doing tonight. But, yeah, I mean, whether it's Keith or Wes, yeah, I mean, nobody got the defensive belt tonight. We got the defensive belt on the screen tonight, too. Shout out to Wes Winslow Jr. for the defensive belt. We're certainly <laughs> going to miss that just a little bit. I don't know if Keith is going to continue the defensive belt that Wes Winslow Jr. did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then the 10-3 and three start, man, it's crazy. Like, I remember when that happened. Everybody yeah. was like, oh, my gosh, Wes is the best coach in the year in the world. He's such an upgrade over Scott Brooks, even though his, he ended up saying his defense is, it has statistically is worse than Scott Brooks. We talked about how bad Scott Brooks' defense was. But West Hansel Jr.'s defense was just as bad or worse, which yeah. is terrible. But uh, yeah, I remember West that first year, the 10 and 3 start, man. Everybody got promotions, extensions. I think Tommy, Tommy <laughs> yeah. Shepard got rewarded. He got an extension. I mean, everybody was yeah, going. Monstrous Harold was an MVP candidate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything came back down to earth. Oh, yeah. We better off having Coach Klein up in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, like I said, it's just really nice guy, man. It's just. It, mm-hmm. it, it didn't work out, man. I and mean, we know that now, so we can look to the future. You know, nothing against West, man. I really hope he figures out his next career path, next chapter. Definitely wish him well, man. But um, looking at the comment, yeah, absolutely. I mean, defensively, who can we really depend on to defend? 
I mean, Denny, Bilal, DeLon. I mean, outside of that, there's no defense, man. I mean, Gafford just – he struggles, man. He, he does struggle. And he's best served in the second unit. And at, at what point do you get to where you start playing badly? I mean, let's be real. He's just – Gafford just gets overmatched, man. I mean, Kessler did whatever he wanted to do. And, you know, people bring up, well, he, you know, he's – tier center yeah bottom tier i mean and it's nothing against gaff he's just not a starter man he's just not a starter he has limitations offensively i mean defensively he's on point but he's a better of a help defender he's better served next to a four who can defend he's a better help defender so he's got his limitations man and it is definitely a personnel thing i mean here's the thing about Wilson cd did he really inherit a mess yeah man i mean he came into dc with a with a roster where you got Bradley Bill's number one option, and we know how that went last year. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be real; mm-hmm. he was not a number one option. You know, he had a mix. I mean, KP was was a I felt like he played well in DC, but he didn't have the best entourage. I mean, there's too much salary between KP and Brad. I mean, they didn't have any maneuver room, and he, they couldn't improve the roster. And then now this seems a is abysmal, but it's a rebuilding team, so he didn't he really <laughs> he didn't get dealt the best deck from the go. But here's the thing, though, the lack of adjustments, man, when you are giving up that many 20 plus leads, man, that's a warning sign. And what it cost him his job is, I mean, you lose to the Pistons. The Pistons just broke a record for being trash. I mean, you lost to the Pistons and the Spurs in, in a matter of a week, man. And then when you see guys putting no effort out there, he lost the locker room. I mean, yeah, I was kind of caught by surprise, but then I wasn't because it's just they saw enough. They saw enough, man. So I wish him well, but it was definitely time, man. So. <clears throat> definitely time. Definitely time for sure. Um, more Gafford talk. Desan says, I think it's time to have a conversation conversation about Gafford, guys. I kind of nine off his yep. rebounds allowed tonight by him alone. This inexcusable where he barely boxes out or puts a hand up to contest. Um, I, I think he puts a hand up to contest. Of course, you know, he had four blocks. I know it's not everything. Um, yeah. we, we always talk about the rebound. Like Mark Williams had 20 points, 20 boards. Um, I can go down the long list of, of big men who have had Big night. Jalen Duran almost had 20 and 20 yeah. a couple times that he played us this year. Just to name a few. And B had 50, 60 uh, against us as well. So he does that against almost everybody. But still, um, yeah, uh, the other big who plays against Gafford, they have a career night. It's just what we've seen so far this year for the past couple of seasons, except for the first year that he came here when he was traded. But uh, other than that, yeah, the other big man, he's a, either gets a double-double yeah. Or they score a bunch of points. It's, it's either one. So I mean, that's just what we've seen from him. And uh, I don't think he's going to be here much longer. Um, a lot of teams want his services, and I think oh, yeah. he is useful. We talk about him as a backup. As a backup, yeah. I think he's a really, really good backup. I think he's he would be one of the best backup centers in the league. So if he goes to the Rockets behind Sangoon, I think that would be a great fit oh, for yeah. him to come on the bench, come off the bench behind Sangoon. Uh, who else is 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 looking for him? The Knicks. You yeah. know, him behind Hardenstein or uh, when Mitchell Robinson comes back next year, him behind Mitchell Robinson, I think that would be a great fit. So him oh, yeah. as a backup, man, would be really, really good. So right here he has to start. We have no choice. And, uh, you know, he, he's just – he's overmatched some nights. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago about overvaluing our guys or undervaluing our guys. And the thing is, what capacity are these guys looking for when trading for Gap? A backup role. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. He's just, he's a backup and it's nothing against, look, that's nothing against that, man. Look, you're an NBA player. Everybody has a role. Not everybody's a superstar. Not everybody's a star. Not everybody's a, I mean, look, 
a lot of people have made millions being a role guy. Look, how many rings are Robert already got? I'm just saying that is not it's not and look, you are you are if you're a role guy, you're a role guy. So there's none against mm-hmm. that, man. Um, here's a comment. Um 757 finally said the ESPN broadcast has me worried too. Hearing them say no good coach wants to come here scares me. Here's the thing about ESPN, man. They <laughs> they value or they love big market teams. They, they like the trash DC teams. They've they been they were hard, especially Stephen A. Smith, man. He was hard on John Wall for years, man. So I, I wouldn't pay them no mind, man. I mean, here's the thing: it's kind of like if you want to compare in my and this is my opinion, obviously, but comparing the wizard's job is kind of the commander's job, right? We have capabilities, man. We have a new front office. You know, they're going to build this thing up. We're going to have cap money because we have very, I mean, after the deadline, what contract realistically, even if we, even, you know, even if we move on from Kyle Kuhn, your biggest contract is Jordan Bull. And, you know, so that's the thing. We're not strapped like we used to be. So I don't, I don't buy that, that this is not a destination, man. If Monty Williams is going to go to Detroit, come on, man. Somebody's going to want to come to DC and coach this team. I mean, you want to go to Detroit, I'm just, I'm just saying, and I get it that Detroit has a lot more, I guess, young players that are more attractive, I guess, but nah, we're going to get somebody here. This front office could, if you look at the moves being made by the front office, they're putting legal notice also. They're not playing around. They're going to make the necessary moves to get this team right because they know, just like we know, E, we ain't won a daggone championship since the 70s, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> and when you're making a potential move to, to uh, Nova, which is probably one of the highest priced places in the country, you got to put a winning product on the floor, and it behooves them to do that a lot sooner than later, man. So the, the pressure's on. They 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 know they got to rebuild the team and get a winning product on the floor. Easy. Definitely. And uh, Israel T says, new coach, same issues, turnovers, losing the rebound battle, and Jordan Puddle and Kuz taking too many. <laughs> okay, yeah. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jordan Poole, he, he did hit one pull-up three today. The one pull-up yeah. three that he, he did the uh, other day, or really, yes, last night, in the game where a lot of people were upset about upset about him taking that three. Yeah. I do remember he had one steal tonight and then missed the layup. Uh, he had a couple okay moments offensively, yeah. but overall, yeah, this season has not gone the way that, you know, we, we thought it would for Jordan Poole for sure, and then Kuz, you know, Shot selection for sure. It was one of his better nights, though, for sure. But yeah, a new coach, same thing. You know, that's what yeah. you're gonna get from these guys until they really shake the roster up and we see uh, who we can get back in some trades. I'll say this, man. Um, with Jordan, he, Poole, he did call a timeout. Keith did call a timeout very quickly, though. Call a timeout oh, I mean, very, a, very quick in the game. That's a big improvement already, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but getting back to Jordan Poole, I'll, I will say this: after the deadline, depending on who gets moved. If they put the ball in his hands and give him a responsibility, and if the coach's staff sticks on him as far as discipline, man, I can't see him averaging more than 20, 20 plus in the second half, man, with with uh, more responsibility and more opportunity to have the ball in his hands. He's because he's going to get that after the deadline. So we will see, man, because um, obviously this front office said, look, he's not a long-term piece here he's somebody that we plan on moving at some point so you know, do do ourselves a favor man see if we can get his value up and maybe move him in the offseason and doing that give him give him a lot more responsibility in the second half so um but yeah jordan puddle that's <laughs> Let's see right yeah uh espn i wouldn't listen to them too much you know nah. i listened to steven a he didn't even sound like he watched one game of the wizards of the season, which i don't blame him but honestly, he he just didn't sound. He he talked about Kuzma's hair. He said teammates. He said team people in the locker room don't like Jordan Poole. 
I don't know how true that is. We have seen guys arguing with them, with him and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing that stood out to me. He said that that p- p- teammates in the locker room don't like Jordan Poole. Who is he to say anything about anybody's hair, man? Right. His hairline's up here, bro. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about, man? Like, really? You can't talk to nobody about no hair, man. Come on now, Stephen A. Uh, <laughs> Lord have uh, Bulls Nation said, uh, we need Brandon and Ed as the new coaches of this team. Ed would cough all on his head as much as West shoot gum. And Brandon would fuss the players out and put them in their place. Hey, man, you best believe me and E, man. We'll get this team straight. Come right. on now. Contract, yeah. what's up? But, um... Yeah, I mean, my, my cough is going away soon. It's going away a little bit. <laughs> hey, you remember that coach? Uh, what was it? Uh, Cheney? Oh, who was that? No, that coach. Uh, UNLV used to chew on the towels. You remember him? Um, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Larry Johnson yeah. played under him. You remember him? Yeah, man, it's chew towels. Yeah. He, you know, but right. uh, I remember that. Uh, let's see. We uh, we'll do a couple more. It was Jerry Tarkanian. There we go. Yeah, rest in peace because I believe he passed away a couple years ago. So, yeah, man, grew up watching him, man. It's show my age a little bit. Low. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from the unknown ism off the topic. Sheena, I want I don't want Dan Quinn coaching and watch the commanders. No, oh, please. <laughs> Lord, no. <laughs> I think it's Ben Johnson a bus, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, you know, another time with the commanders for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Daryl Haiti, yes, they did not fire. Yeah. Uh, Wes, out of respect for his father, and uh, Matt said this is a historical day. Made my day. Uh, it is a holiday for a lot of Wizards fans yeah. out here. You know, when uh, last night, if you look at the Bucks, they were dancing before the game, and you can see that they were clearly happy that their coach got fired. And <laughs> I feel like a lot of Wizards fans feel that way as well. Oh, look, they dancing before the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Have you seen him yet? There we go. Um, oh, let me see here. We'll probably read one more here, and uh, that is it for tonight. We'll read one more. Let's I got see. one for you. You got yeah. one? No, go ahead. Oh, uh, back to the unknown ism, back to having a fire cell. Everybody's got to go except for B. Kulabali. Um, I mean, they said, look, everybody's up. For, everybody's a tradable asset. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of buzz with Daniel Gafford, especially with Dallas Mavericks, man. A lot of buzz with them winning both him and Kuz. Um, so I definitely think this front office is going to be very, very active. Now, with the report that they're not getting or they're not giving replies back to trade offers, um, I think eventually they're, they're just, you know, testing out the waters, man. But I think eventually they're going to start making moves. Um, because, you know, look, they aim high and then they, is kind of like going to the pot shop. You aim high, and then you meet yourself in the middle, man. So I think the new front office, they're doing, they're going to do a good job, at, you know, getting a lot of these veterans off the books and finally starting to rebuild and start evaluating our young guys. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Anthony, I mean, I know uh, Wes, he loved him from Anthony Gill. Uh, I know he would love to start Gill over some of the yeah, young he guys. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, he loved him from Anthony Gill. Um, but no, that's so cool that you got to interview Wes. You got to talk to Wes, man. And that was a good question you asked about um, playing, the, playing the young guys or trying to showcase that thing right there. There was a lot of times where, you know, he he was – you could tell he was – you know, he, I don't know if somebody told him to showcase some of the older guys right. so they could be traded. I know that's a part of the business rather than playing some of the young, young guys and trying to develop guys. You could even see that his first year we had to showcase guys so they could get traded. 
So um, it was a lot of that going on with, with his time here too. So, um, but yeah, Wes in the front office and um, yeah, it was, it was time. It was time last year for them to move yeah. on from Wes. Yeah, it was, man. And you know what? Nice guy. And I wish him well. You mm-hmm. know, it, it wasn't like he was a, not a nice guy. You know, he was a nice guy. Yeah. It just It wasn't meant to be. And we know that now. And we can look to the future. But I wish him well. I really do. I wish he finds success in his future endeavors. I really do, man. Um, So definitely appreciate your service, man. But just it's time to move on. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to go ahead. Um, we're going to call it there. Definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, it's been a very, very active day, man. But definitely we got seven people in the, in the video, man. So definitely appreciate you guys taking the time to watch us and chop it up with us tonight. So... Locked on Wizards or Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So, hail to the Wizards and peace. And we will see you guys next time. Have a good night.